and welcome to the RC Sports Casting Podcast. I am your host, RC Jr. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook if you haven't already at RC Sports Casting. Follow us on there. We're also in this podcast game. We're on all the major podcast uh, platforms, whether Spotify, Apple, Google, all the good things. Today's show is a special one, one that I've been wanting to do for several months now, um, but I think it's taken this gentleman probably this long to catch up with all of his texts and phone messages that he had, but we are going to talk today with Brandywine basketball coach Nate Knapp about the magical run and season that the boys' basketball season had. Coach, welcome. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. And it's uh, my fault. Like you said, it's just been crazy. Um, I got I mean, I say that sarcastically, but it's probably there's probably text messages that you never have even had a chance to respond to. I mean, I cannot even imagine what your phone was that week of, of the finals. I had to hide the phone, put it away. <laughs> I just couldn't focus. It was going off. Uh, a lot of love in our community and from everyone, you know, former Bobcats and people from work and stuff. It was just it was crazy. So for those of you that were hiding under a rock and do not have a clue of what we're talking about. The Brandywine Boys Basketball Program uh, reached historic levels. Um, they won their first ever regional championship in school history, and they did not stop there. They kept on going, and they made it to the Final Four um, at the Breslin Center at Michigan State University, where then they suffered a heartbreaking loss to Traverse City uh, St. Francis in the semifinal in a game to where um, I think we play them ten times. Coach, I, I think we win six or seven of those. I'm with you 100%. It was just so, one of those games where you watch it back on film, too, and you just scratch your head what happened, what happened. So we're going to sit here and talk with Coach Knapp, um, not just about the finals, but just really the whole season in general. I mean, it was just a magical run. And, Coach, I guess we'll, we'll start back in, in the regular season. Um, you guys were flying high. And then, you know, really the first hiccup, of the season, I believe it was the only hiccup of the well, two two hiccups in the regular season to the same team. But when we we went up to Benton Harbor, when we went up there, um, in some aspects, I think that could have been the best thing that happened to you because that was just one of the games where the Tigers just kind of blew the tires, <laughs> blew our tires off. And I think that probably brought your kids' ego and kind of brought them back down to reality a little bit. And kind of, would you agree with that? I would 100% because. Uh, Back up even before that, to begin of the year, we still didn't let go of what happened last year. Well, the previous year with the districts at Buchanan. Uh, we talked to the kids a lot, and uh, it was just one of those things that we had that that drive, and we felt that last year we, we worked so hard to get to the regional. That's our goal every year. And uh, just getting there, you know, we wanted it last year. We thought we had a good opportunity, and uh, when Buchanan upset us, it kind of left a sting. So we started this whole year. And a lot of the kids, I tip my hat to them because a lot of kids could have quit. I just, I was super tough on them. The uh, young coaches, Gabe, Brandon, Carson, and Augie, they kind of kept the kids together because I was on them. I was tough, pushing them. But uh, so we had a rough start to the season. And I was kind of always just pushing them, getting on them, negative about things, just, you know, demanding per perfection. And then, of course, you know, we're doing real well. And like you said, we go to Benton Harbor and, our kids just they thought they were unbeatable. There, there was an intimidation <clears throat> factor. I mean, and and that's to I think a lot of that is to to the credit of Benton Harbor and that gym. I mean, if you're if you're any historian of Michigan high school basketball, that's that's a grail 
of, of Michigan basketball is yes. Benton Harbor Gymnasium. I mean, that's like going down to Hickory if you're if you're playing in Indiana. I mean, it's not obviously they don't have banner after banner up there, but still, everybody in the state of Michigan knows about Benton Harbor basketball. No matter what part of the state you're from, you've heard of Benton Harbor. There's been a lot of magical athletes that have come through and played basketball that have gone on to the extreme to the ultimate level of, of the game that have played in that gym. Not only played in that gym, it was it was their gym. Yeah, it's uh it's a tough place to play in and it's intimidation factor too, but uh kids going every year and like you said, what was it? Our first year there three years ago, Scooby. It was his senior senior year. The quietest 24 points I've ever yes. saw in my life. <laughs> and it was just whenever he wanted to, you know. Yeah. I mean, they've had great players. Grant was great this year, that Gillespie kid. I mean, he was tough. Um, they just year in, year out, they have great players. And it's, you know, it's, it's basketball mecca in southwest Michigan, you know. Yep. They're tough. Um, but that's been our goal, you know. And we knew Benton Harbor coming into the conference. You know, we, we won conference, what, seven out of the past eight years. And we just said, this is a challenge now. Let's go. And that first game, we was at Benton Harbor. And. If you want this conference, here we go. And uh, our kids came in overconfident. I wouldn't say overconfident. We just thought if we did things right, we'd just walk out with the win. But like you said, Benton Harbor kind of blew the tires off us, and it was reality check. Yeah. And, I mean, we only lost by 19 there, which as a coach, you say that to a team like that. That's not bad. But for us, we felt that we were better than that. We wanted to win. So that was the start. Um, and then our close to our second hiccup was the first time we got challenged was at Berrien. Yes. We beat them by 30 at home, and uh, I think it was the second game of the season. might have been the opener. But then we go to Berrien, and our kids just have that mindset that we had to beat them by 30. We don't have to play. That was – I remember that night because it was my wife's birthday. Oh, my goodness. So I could not – I did not attend the game. So we had a birthday dinner at one of our local uh, eateries here, and people were coming in. It was like, they're only they're down by three with five minutes to go in the game, or down by five with three minutes, one of the two. And I'm like, you got to be crap, yeah. you got to be s'ing me. And so it's like, so then it's like we got to find, you know, it's like we cannot, we freaking blew them out the first time. How in the world is this possible? Uh, we went there and just <laughs> like you know, you win by thirty as a kid nowadays. Hey, oh yeah, we just got to show up. And yeah, I kept getting on them at practice. We didn't have two, we had two bad practices going to that into that game, and I remember it. And we're down 15 at, 14 at halftime. And, I mean, everything we did went wrong. Michael Palmer has a hurt ankle. Um, he's telling me he can't go. But then, you know, he's telling me all week during practice he can't. So then I tell him, okay, we're not going to play you. We're going to rest you. And my mind, too, I'm like, we won by 30. We should be fine. So then it was just one of those weeks. Then Mike, game, game time decision, I'm good to go. Uh, let's see how it works. And so we didn't start him. He's out of sync a little bit. But it was just our first challenge at test. and teams in the past I mean nothing went right first court first half nothing I mean I'm talking calls you name it I mean nothing went right we couldn't get in position on anything we we're late everything they threw up hit off a rafter would go in I mean it was just that type of night and so it was just uphill battle and the kids kept fighting fighting and then after, at halftime I go, I go in I didn't make no adjustments I just got into them about the things that we're doing and things we need to do better and I mean, it's just how good this team was this year. They came out in that third quarter, and they made up a 14-point deficit, and I think they went up by three going into the fourth. So, I mean, that just that quick, I'm thinking if we can just get it to, you know, five or six going into the fourth, we'll have a shot. But these kids were just resilient. They had – they just had something special that you can't even describe. They, when their back's to the walls when they were their best. 
Well, and, and you pulled that one out in Berrien, and then when you said that these kids are special, I think I saw that then in the sequel of the Benton Harbor game at Brandywine. Yes. Um, that was – I'm even getting goosebumps just thinking <laughs> about it because the what I remember was I there was absolute zero intimidation that night. Our boy, your guys were in complete attack mode. I've never seen – a Brandywine basketball team attack the basket with a vengeance that night. Byron Lindley, the pawn, I mean, everybody. I mean, they were just, they had that, I, I hate to go old 80s school mentality, but they had the eye of the tiger that night. So. Just the mentality <clears throat> that they had that, that night, that night, I wouldn't say that night only, but it was like, I've never seen that before out of any, not only just them but I, I don't think I've ever seen that out of any Brandywine basketball team against that caliber where normally you there was no intimidation factor they're like screw you this is our house you're gonna have to beat us tonight or, you know there you're yes. if you're gonna win this game we're not giving it to you you're gonna have to flat out beat us of course we lose by a, a heartbreaking tip in you know um but I still that was like one loss that I was like I, I I feel good about that. I mean, after a loss, I really, f- looking forward, I'm like, man, this team, this team's special. Yeah. And that's when I knew this team is special was that night. And we had a great week going up to that game. We had, we didn't have a Tuesday game. We had uh, Benton Harbor on a Friday. So it was just, it was homecoming, which as a coach, you got all them distractions. Oh, yeah. Week, but that's, that's the worst. But these kids, that whole week was the worst practices for them. It was like back to the beginning of the year. And I kept telling them, we'd pull up film of the old Benton Harbor. I'd get on and we'd start doing things. And I just told them, I said, this is what you got to picture. Like you said, the 80s, this team's good. If anybody's scared and they bully you and you back up in a corner, we're beat. You have to stand up for each other and you got to attack them. Show no fear. I said, it's a street fight. Let's go. You know, and that's the mindset we had. And, uh, I they, mean, they, and they executed that. They, they did. executed that mentality. And I kept telling them all week, too, on Thursday's practice because we put uh, – we had our five guys out there, and I think I had almost uh, ten plus the coaches. And we weren't—you weren't allowed to pass or dribble. You weren't allowed to dribble, but you could pass. And we were just beating the crap out of them and saying, "Hey, look, this is what it's going to be like when you when you're up by up by five against Benton Harbor with two minutes to go. This is the way they're going to come at you because they know how to play and they're going to find a way to win." And uh, I mean, it was just—it was a great week leading up to that. And uh, the play that killed us, I got too smart. Uh, it was, it, I, I took the blame for that, and I told the kids because I called that timeout and I called a special set because I thought on the first screen and roll they would help, but then on the second one we'd get the back screen and we'd have a lob over the top, which I didn't think they'd communicate on that second screen. It'd be wide open. Well, that first one they trapped the piss out of it, and uh, I got the turnover, and I was like, dang it. you know. And, I mean, it led to a bucket for them, but yeah. it's just all game. They never trapped it, and I just called that timeout and thought this is the perfect time. We'll get this bucket. We'll go up and – so, I mean, it was, I, and I told the kids that. I tell them all the time, you know, stupid things I do because I said we're learning. And I said, that one's on me. I should have never called that. But I explained to them why I did. And they're like, no, that makes sense, you know. But still, I always go to them, like, when I'm, even when I'm drawing something I'm up, I'm like, what do you guys think? You feel comfortable? Should we run this? They're like, yeah, yeah, that'll be there. And they'll, they'll run it. And that's the first time I didn't say, hey, look, let's, I, I said, let's just run this. Let's go. And I never asked. And, but I don't think they would have said no. They would have said, yeah, you're right. Let's go. And I mean, just that team was just unreal in that game. The heartbreak we had in the locker room because we wanted the conference title. We really did. Um, but I just 
put that chip on the shoulder too, and that's that's what made it even more well, special. Well, from there, you, you never lost until until uh, the the semifinal. Um, you know, looking back too on the season from a personnel standpoint, it seemed that everybody had their moments. Like I remember, you know, of course we're we're months removed from the season, but that first half of the season, Byron Lindley was just playing out of his mind. I mean, I thought he carried the team for the first in, – in a lot of the games in the first half of the season. Um, and then the second I, – I mean, I really saw the Palmer twins obviously started carrying, especially with Jeremiah. And then Jameer would get have some games where he would get hot behind the arc. And then Nylon, you know, and then you always had Michael. You always had Michael. Maybe not from – he's not going to score you 20 points. But, man, is he going to get your rebounds and just – I mean, he's he's your floor general. Um. I just it was the whole year just somebody always brought their A game seemed like every every game night you know there were many nights where you had a lot of the kids but you rarely had a game or there was never really a game that I can think of that I either broadcast or was there to watch to where they were all they were all flat and just off like it's just not in the cards tonight somebody always stepped up and had that game they did, and uh, that's the funny thing. That they didn't care about who scored what. I mean, e- even Nyland as a freshman has that success. You think, <laughs> man, I want to try scoring 30 every game. It was just the mindset that whole team had is like they were going to find who was hot. They were going to find the mismatch. They moved the ball real well. You know, we struggled against the zone. We really did, and I spent a lot of time this year working against the zone so they understood it, broke it down more. We And we moved the ball a lot better, and we knocked down shots and spent a lot of time on the gun, you know, shooting both ends and, I just it's the kids' confidence. It's not that we couldn't handle the zone. We just didn't have the confidence to shoot. We had a little bit more confidence this year. Um, Water of Elite game, we lost that confidence. But learning from the year against Buchanan, fourth quarter, yeah, we just needed one bucket to go in. We're, we're going to talk about that. Yes, I, yes. So we'll get to that. We'll just, get to that because <laughs> that that's definitely on my notes for for uh, for discussion about yes. that game. But yes. So, like you were talking about, one night it could be whoever. They didn't care who, who scored. They just wanted to win. And, I mean, even the talk in the locker room at halftime and stuff, there's, you know, talking about we, – we do make some adjustments defensively. Uh, offensively, I'm just one of them coaches. I let them do their thing offensively. I said, you guys can play your game, but I don't want no wide ball and I don't want no one on five. You play together on offense, do what you want. I'll give you sets to help you out. but I Get said, your ass back and play defense. Yeah, well, you're going to play defense my <laughs> way. We're going to work really hard, and we do. And, I mean, so most of our adjustments are on defense, and we make runs. Um, but I was filling that stuff out for the state. And uh, they wanted to know how many points every kid averaged, their high game, all this. And, like you said, I'm going through our top five, and leading scorers, Jeremiah Palmer, 13.9 points a game. And then the next one's Jameer Palmer, 10.9. Byron Lindley, 10.7. Nyland, 10.3. Michael Palmer, 8.9. And you start filling out their game high, 27, 29, 25, 22. But it's just like it was like, wow, they just took turns, and it didn't matter because they wanted to win. Another kid, too, that, you know, we talked about Michael. He's not going to score you 20. And this other kid, you know, he's not going to score many points. But, man, he is a beast in the paint. Brock Dye, um, he br- he brings you all the intangibles, you know, that a lot of stuff that you just can't see in a stat book. But he was so pivotal for you as that sixth man this year coming off the bench. Yes, 100%. I mean, 1 through 14. 
I I felt like I was watching even I felt like I was watching a reincarnation of Gabe that Gabe Wah was back playing. I mean, because I think he plays the exact same way that Gabe played. Him and Michael, I, I even told the guards that too. You're right, 100. Because I, I said Michael and Brock are heart and soul. They're not doing all the scoring. Yeah, you guys are working really hard on defense too. But these guys are guarding the six five, six six. They're keeping them off the glass. They're getting the rebounds. They're doing all the little things like they're you doing said. the offensive line yes. work. They're yes. like offensive linemen in football. Yes, the running back and receivers, quarterback yes. get to go celebrate. But yeah. really, you can't do it without your line. And uh, and and we told them. And there's one play with Brock that really sticks out. That's just, I mean, it was a three point game and. Kawama shoots a long three, and there was some indecisive between their two players, like who was going to grab the ball. And then Brock just comes out of nowhere and just a hustle play gets it, gets a steal, kicks up. We get a point, we go up five, and then, you know, we never look back from that point. But that's just one play from his hustle going. That just, I mean, there's just, there were so many all year long, but just, you're right. They just, they brought everything. And I mean, at practice, it's all, it's one through 14. I mean, yep. Kevin Roberts, he didn't get a lot of playing time down the stretch. He was our number eight on the rotation. If there was any foul trouble, I did not have any questions going to him. He worked really hard. Um, and he and from coaching him in football, he, he's a player's coach. Yes. I mean, he's he's half coach, half player. Yes. That's how Kevin is. And he's just a competitor. And, uh, and I know he didn't like it, you know, not getting in as much, but just at practice. and Kevin's going to be a phenomenal coach yes. when, his, when his high school – or hopefully maybe college day playing days are over. Kevin is going to be one hell of a coach if he wants to be. Yes, he's smart. He's got it. He's a good leader. Leadership skills are there. Good kid. But, I mean, it's just like you said, man, 1 through 14, those kids every day at practice. Um, it was unreal. So before we get into the tournament, I do just I, I want to ask you about with, with today's kids and, and, and specifically your team, you and I in the era we grew up, you know, and watching the NBA. Granted, yes, I'm vertically challenged. I never played basketball. I mean, I played in junior high, but obviously, once I got into high school, basketball was was not RC Junior's uh, forte with being five foot six. But uh, but I still could play defense and hit the threes. I could. I I, I killed it in intramural basketball. I'm all, that's, that's all counts. I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway, the era we grew up, and, and I'm specifically talking the NBA. Yeah. And and I hate talking about it now because it's just today's NBA disgusts me compared to what you and I grew up watching. Mm -hmm. Yes, the rules are different. But do you see a lot of, like, what you see now on TV, you know, with them being role models to these kids? Do you kind of see the same demeanor, like some of the same attitude or, you know, because, like, the biggest thing that it just irritates the living crap out of me is the load management. I mean, could you ever imagine Michael, Larry, or Magic wanting to take – needing going up to Coming their coach together. saying hey I need to take tonight off I, I can't yeah. play tonight even though the, you know the Lakers could be going into Boston to, you know Matt you know Magic's like yeah I, I gotta I gotta sit out tonight that's what you see today it is it's and I guess I'm just curious I mean because nobody's with these kids more than you are that I, I fight with the kids constantly about that, it. is it transferring I mean does do you see that I do but these kids too right here they love the game which is what and I'm not, I guess, not necessarily yeah. your brandywine player, but no. even – But just the mindset yes. going into it. Because, you know, they could say, hey, I'm tired from last night's game. I don't think I should practice. My leg's hurting. Yeah. These kids don't have that. Um, they give it all. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people don't know Jeremiah was banged up last, what I want to say, after our Bridgman game. Had a knee issue and hip, foot, uh, Robert. and uh, Well, you and you said Michael – 
I could tell Michael was favoring an ankle yeah, all for a good chunk of the season, especially during the tournament. And as a coach, we did a lot of ice baths. I tried to, t- you know, mentally take care of them. We hit a lot of shoot-arounds late, walked through things. Uh, our practices at the beginning were like crazy at each other. But, uh, I mean, the kids went through a lot. So, mentally, they're not there, you know, like I need this day off because they love the game and they just want to play. That's all they want to do is play. But uh, I fight with them constantly because they think LeBron's a GOAT. Oh, they God. do. And we've had arguments about it, but I'm like, you know, I would give you that because I was a LeBron fan. But when he went to L.A., that was it for yeah. me, you know. And, I mean, and it's nothing towards L.A. LeBron. I mean, LeBron's still, you know, because like, they say, well, coach is charity, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. He should be doing that. He's making that kind of money. He should be doing that stuff. And But he's just a leader for this generation. We had Jordan before us, you know, in my time. My dad, had they had Bird Magic, um, you know. Pistol Pete. I remember my dad saying Pistol Pete was probably the best ever, which, I mean, he, I look back, he was amazing. Chamberlain Russell. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, they're going through these cycles, and then finally I was just like, if LeBron could have went through what, what Jordan went through in the league, because I know when, when LeBron gets poked in the eye, it's a 30-minute ordeal. Dude, I've say, I've, I don't know how many times I've said this to people when this whole thing comes up. I would literally give a week's wages to go into a time machine and watch LeBron James drive the paint against the bad boys at Detroit and just see Lambeer and Mahorn take him out. And just he, if he would have had to have played one game against the bad boys of Detroit, and I hated him. I was a Bulls fan, so I, nobody hated the Detroit Pistons back in the late 80s and early 90s more than I did. But if he, if he had to play, he, by halftime, he would be in a closet sucking his thumb. Crying, asking for his mother. Yes, it was physical. It was. And, I mean, it's. Now, Grant, like I said, the rules have changed. You can't play. I mean, there's no way you can play. Teams can't play the way that Detroit played back then. But still, that that's one of the things. And, I mean, we could have an entire podcast on this yes. whole freaking debate with the LeBron. The flagrant ones, too. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that LeBron is not a phenomenal basketball player. He's an absolute beast of a specimen from his size. But I've always said that if you, if you put him in that time machine back to what what we grew up with, he's Dominique Wilkins to me. That's yeah. that's what that's, I yeah, true. I Very don't true. even I don't. Not only do I this is my own personal opinion. Not only do I argue that he's not the, he's definitely not the go. I don't even have him on my Mount Rushmore of of basketball. I, I'm I'm putting obviously Jordan's right there, Magic and Bird and Kobe all day, but just strictly from the mentality. I watched all them guys play with, and I wasn't a Kobe fan either. But man, I mean, nobody worked harder no, than I, Kobe did. Yeah, I was the same way. wasn't a Kobe fan until you know you look back at everything. You're like, oh my gosh, holy crap! I was like the next closest thing to Jordan. Yeah, it really was, and you, it was right. We didn't even know it at the time because we were still spoiled. We had the old Jordan. There was the young Kobe. But I mean, but then when you go specifically LeBron versus Michael, I mean, Michael's his will, his competitiveness, the will to win. And his hatred of losing just separated him from. I mean, yeah. and we saw, you know, when it came out with the Last Dance documentary, you saw what he was like to his, his teammates. teammates. Yeah, you know, but and you 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 learn to find out that all the goats, no matter what sport, normally for the most part are assholes, because they have to be. But they, not only that, they have to be. Well, yes, but with today's <laughs> society, would you see Bird, Isaiah, Magic all team up on one team just so they could? Hell no. They wanted to beat the best. Exactly. Yes. It's just it was the way the game was. Oh. Anyway, back to Brandywine basketball. 
But so, I fight with the kids with this all the time. That's <laughs> a good conversation. I think you guys, and this is kudos to you and Dave Seidenbender, our athletic director, for setting who or whoever was responsible for setting the schedule up because I thought the last three games of your regular season was huge to get you ready for the tournament because you had to go to Edwardsburg, Niles, Niles, Edwardsburg, Niles, Edwardsburg and then you had home against Lakeshore. Yes. Those were your last three regular season games, two of them on the road against non-conference arch rivals. I mean, Niles, nobody wants to rub Brandywine's nose in it other than maybe Buchanan than Niles does. You know, not, Buchanan just wants to beat us. Niles always likes to rub it in. Yeah, they, they just want, you know, uh, and Lakeshore's Lakeshore, and Edwardsburg's Edwardsburg. All three of those basketball programs, though, much improved, very good. Yes. So to finish two uh, with those three and two of them on the road and to play the way you did, I thought really set the tone. Again, that was yet another, you know, when I said the Benton Harbor game, but that stretch when I thought, man, this team's special, after those three, those last final three, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're this team's going to, this team's going to make a run. I just knew it. See, and I was scared about that because all season long as a coach, you know, you, you don't look, with Huddle, it's great. I mean, you can give the kids everything and you can do so much. But with me, I was trying to hide my Water of Elite films from the kids. I'm watching them all year long. Uh, I took the team over to Buchanan when Buchanan played them, and uh, that's when their point guard broke his ankle. But Buchanan had a chance to beat them there, and they, they lost at the buzzer. And I'm like, my kids see this. I don't like that because, you know, I, my kids get up for Buchanan. We, you know, we played well at home against Buchanan. We just don't play at Buchanan very well, which I, that'll change next year. I think the mindset <laughs> of the kids are getting better. But a lot of that's credit to Buchanan, though. I mean, they, yeah. they always defend their home court well. They do, and they and they they play tough. Some of that that you got, yeah. I mean, arch right, setting the rivalry aside, you got to give credit to the Bucks. I mean, that's just that's just the way they they always protect their home court. They they'll play they can play with anybody in the state when they're playing at home. Reed does a hell of a job. Yes, he does. I mean, year in year out, even like the past two years, I don't think it's been the greatest Buchanan teams, but he's he's had them right there. He makes them competitive. Yeah, he does, and that's you know that's to him. He's a hell of a coach. Um, I just don't like all the Michigan State stuff he runs, but hey, all right, <laughs> I see the state fight. That's my daughter's. Um, but no, it's uh, you know, in that schedule right there, we did it the year before, but we couldn't get Niles. But we had Edwardsburg home at Lakeshore, and we had Lawton at the end last year too. So I mean, it was just identical. And uh, Dave does a heck of a job. I mean, he he asked me what I want. I mean, I could I could be spoiled and say I want to do this, do that, and he'd do it for me. He just does so much, but I just try to make his job easy. I say, you tell me what we're doing, let's go yeah. get whoever, and he gives me a schedule. That's awesome. Because you definitely, no disrespect to the schools I'm about to announce, but you don't want to end your regular season playing like New Buffalo, River Valley, Eau Claire. You want to be even – even a loss in one of them three games wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, mm -hmm. I, I don't think. No, because um, I'm, I'm a firm believer you got to play up. Yep. If you want to get better, you got to get your butt kicked. Cause, yep. and, and the kids know that, and I think that's from their freshman year which this junior class, they were, you know, Jameer Jeremiah. They were with us when we had Schoolcraft District title game. They beat us. They didn't like it. Last year, that same thing at Buchanan, didn't like it. Now, hey, let's change things. So, the, I mean, they don't like to lose, and they learn from them. I mean, we're playing better teams when that happens, you know. I mean, Buchanan last year at Buchanan, you, you know as well as I know, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year, but 
we did everything right. We just could not get the ball to fall, and it was one of those nights. And it wasn't Buchanan did nothing different. We just – it was a confidence thing, and our kids grew from that a little bit. And we've been there – Edwardsburg, same thing. You were there for the Edwardsburg game, right? Yep. Yeah, you and your dad were there together. Yes. Yeah. We uh, – unbelievable first half. I mean, that's the way we played. And we went to the locker room. We didn't celebrate, say it was over. We never once. We still made adjustments, talked about things we had to do. And for some odd reason, I don't know what happened to Byron that game defensively because they kept getting him on the backside. And I think he had like five or six back doors right away, you know, 14 points, not recognizing it. Um, we talked about it. But they just came right back into the game, and it was a momentum swing. And one of those games I tell the kids – can't control that stuff you just got to play hard control what you can control you know we can play better defense we can elim eliminate shots that they're taking we can hustle you know take care of the ball offensively but we just we fell apart um I did get a technical that game it was a uh, bad officiating but I mean it, the kids I think with my technical it kind of made them wake up a little bit because I, I don't think they were going to come out of it and I, that's where I kind of the first time and this year Augie and Carson, just kind of go ahead. Usually when I go after the officials, I'm getting pulled, ripped right back yep. into the bench. And uh, <laughs> as soon as as soon as soon uh, Joe Gonzalez gave it to me, I sat down and I turned and looked at them two, and I'm like, why the hell didn't you pull me back? They go, hi, he deserved that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. So we get into the – so now let, let, let's talk tournament. And um, we get to the districts. We're in Waterville District Championship. And let's t let's go to the second round game, Bridgman. Okay. I'm scared. I'm thinking they're going to come out in a oh, stall. Yeah. I, as a coach, you know, Mike's going to do something, right? Oh, I I fully remember. I Derek and I firmly remember Shane Brown sitting at half court for like 20 minutes and never never <laughs> dribbled the basketball. I was going to do that. I almost went to commercial break. <laughs> we got the whole. Too bad you don't get time of possession in basketball. <laughs> we had eight minutes at quarter. <laughs> But, no, so I'm ner I'm a nervous wreck. Bridgman, third time of the year. You know, at home, we struggled with them a little bit. A couple cheap calls. We blew them out at Bridgman. So I'm thinking, oh, man, what's Mike got up his, you know. Mm -hmm. Never know. So I'm nervous as a coach. I can't let the kids know that. I'm like, this is tournament time, you know. Records don't mean nothing. This is 0-0, Bridgman. My kids just come out of nowhere. Probably the Speaking best, of blowing wheels off. Yeah, best half-court defense I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, they, they're running a stall, and they can't even run the stall. That was a beat down. And I'm just looking. And I kept asking the kids all day in school, man. I'm like, you guys feel good about tonight? You know, and, of course, Jameer and Jeremiah are, like, cool, calm, collective. They're like, we're good, coach. And I'm like, all right, so maybe I get rid of this nervousness. You know, Byron says the same thing. Nylon, Kevin, Brock, they're all, we're good, coach. Don't worry, man, we're good. I'm like, oh, man, you guys worried about anything tonight? Not nah, we're good. So we get to the game, and, of course, we're getting off the bus. Nyland gets sick. I don't know if you remember that. No. <laughs> it's a great picture for Brandywine Sports. <laughs> he gets off the bus, and he had red Gatorade. They gave the <laughs> snack tree. But he goes over by the school, and he starts puking. <laughs> and then his pants fall down to his knees. <laughs> and he's just sitting there, and I'm like, Where's Nyland? Where's Nyland? <laughs> a couple of kids are like, a coach is out there with him. He's puking. I'm like, oh, no. So he nerves. I don't. I don't know if it was just a bug or what, but nerves. But so it was just one of those things before the game. But then the way they played that game, I'm just like, I think that game kind of put 
the fear of Cass and Bridgman, or Cass and Water because we had the winner of that. And I remember we were up like 29 to 2. And I looked over, and I could see Cass sitting. And I could see Water Elite kids sitting there, just sitting there going. And Water Elite just beat Bridgman a week ago, 31-28. Yeah, they're, and they're, and you could just see their eyes going, just oh, like, snap. oh, shit, we're in trouble. Oh, man, we're in trouble. So I think that, you know, kind of helped a little bit because we went to the championship game. We were up 18-6 at halftime. So I think. <sighs> yeah. So that's right where I want to go. So, yes, we have a great first half, but that damn basket on that end had six reverse points. fortune. Six points in 24 minutes. But again, this is where another moment to where you realized how special that these kids and this team was because, you're, as you said, you're up big, and then we not only lose the lead, they take it. And at that point, you're thinking, this it's – they're not going to recover from this. They're they're not going to. They're this is where it's like these are teenage. Regardless of what sport we're playing, these are fifteen to seventeen year old kids. This is hard to overcome. And I'm thinking, I I just had a this feeling in the bottom of my gut. I'm like, oh my god, we're going to freaking lose this. And we just could not buy a bucket. Could not buy a bucket. And then the floor general, Michael yep. Palmer. Gets finally breaks the schneid, and then after that, everybody. Jeremiah. Like, no, it was Michael. I I remember that exclusively. Michael, Michael was one that that broke the schneid and got a layup, and finally. And then next position, Jeremiah. Yes, went right and that's what. But it was. It was yes. But when Michael finally mm. made that shot, it was just like you could almost see the entire team go. <sighs> Let's play now. Let's play. Yeah. Yes, and, that's what it was too. But I mean, for you guys to stop the bleeding and recover and come back and win that game. I mean, and when you factor everything in, you're playing Waterville, who's a hell of a basketball team. You're playing in the district championship, and you're playing on their home floor in front of their loud, rocking student body. And when you factor everything that with that comeback that they did in the second half to not only come back but then to take the lead, I think they had, what, a six-point lead? It was uh, seven. It was uh, 18 to 20. Yeah. 24. Everything, everything spelled out disaster and a complete collapse for Brandywine basketball, and then they they collected themselves. And I'm sorry, to no disrespect to any former Brandywine team, but that wouldn't have happened. No, that would not have happened. And again, that's when I'm like, man, this team's special. Yeah, they they did. and it and it and it ultimately. It made that dist- winning the district championship that much sweeter to have that adversity thrown sho- thrown at your face and shoved down your throat and to be able to overcome that. Yeah, that made that made that. I mean, that made it a lot. Even though it wasn't the greatest experience, you'd rather would have not Just gone through that. Yes. But at the end, when you re- reflecting back, it's got to be so much more rewarding for not only you but for the players to overcome what you did in that game. Yeah, because we talked about that a lot. Because we always have that. Philosophy, things aren't going to go the way you want offensively. I said, I mean, let's be real. Me and you want to go out right now. We're not going to shoot 80%. We want to. We're not going to. And there's some nights you won't be able to hit. And uh, I got on in the late in the third quarter. Because, you know, we didn't score at the minute 29 to go before half. And we didn't score until the 540 mar- 548 mark in the fourth quarter. Never, 
Yeah, it was, it was and long. it was we had looks. I'm getting nauseous just Thinking reflecting back on that. Me too. I'm just I remember sitting there like, ah, oh, I'm the. Derek coach. was doing the game, and my dad came, and we're all looking at each other because I think my dad did the first half with me, and then Derek did the second half, and and Derek's like, should I put your dad back on? <laughs> did you guys make that switch? Well, I mean, he he literally where we did a commercial timeout. Derek takes his headset off. He's like, do you want me to put your dad back on because this is. This is bad mojo. I'm like, no, the, the, we're, we're fine. We're fine. But I just remember looking down, and my dad is looking at me going, we're all going, holy shit, we're going to lose this. Us coaches were at it. Everything I called. I mean, you know, I mean, I, not us coaches. Me and my boys, Carson and Augie, we get at it. Brandon and Gabe, you know, they, they're very respectful and. I f- they need to mouth back to me too. You know, they're like my. That kids. ain't gonna happen. They don't know. They're like my kids too. You know what I mean? So Gabe, when I say Gabe, things- Gabe doesn't know how to mouth back. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe ask his mom and dad. Maybe, but <laughs> yeah. But him and Brandon just kind of like okay, and they like they listen, absorb it. They're gonna be great coaches too, man. They are. They're they're already great for our kids right now. But uh, so just we're at it as coaches. My kids. I felt like in the middle of the third quarter, and there's like, I'd say two 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 forty left to go. I burned a timeout, got into them. Because that's when we lost the lead. And I'm like, we're not scoring, which is fine. You still got to do the things we do defensively. You're letting them get what they want now. You're shutting down because of this end and just trying to get them back focused. And I remember clear as day. I mean, I know Mike is a competitor, Mike, Mike, Michael Palmer. And uh, that Schaefer kid for them, I mean, he Mike was doing everything he could. That, that Schaefer kid was outworking him. Everything he and, did. And that's when Michael, like, re-rolled his ankle, too. Yes, and Michael came to the bench as before he made that layup. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, as a coach, you don't like doing this, but you know with this kid, I've had him for three years. i seen when kids talk trash to him, I just see that switch he has. Oh. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, we're down. There's, I'm, I'm searching as a coach, too, what I can do. I get to Michael, and I start just chewing on his ear. It's like, that kid's outworking you. This is going to be your last game. You're going to look back and let that kid outwork you. There's no desire from you. You don't want to be here. You just want to get to track. You just don't even care anymore. And I just start, you know, saying all this stuff. And I said, he is outplaying you. There's no way he's better than you. And all of a sudden, I heard Michael go sit down and take his hands and smack the, the seat. So I know I'm like, he's pissed. We're good. We're good. And I told Augie, I said, let him get a drink of water, 30 seconds, get him back out there. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just that switch, you know. You, there's certain kids, you, you can't do that with all kids, you know. And that, and that shows, you know, the, the maturity that the kid, that kid goes through because you do that to Michael or any kid when he's a freshman, sophomore, they're just, they want to go sit in a closet and pout. And yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that directly. Like I said, that's yeah. any teenager. When, when they're 14, 15 years old. 16, yeah. yeah. Just but when they get six, 17 to 18, you know, that's when they start to become a man, a young man. Um, and, and I've seen, you know, as a football coach of Michael, I mean, I've I've seen it all four years. And to watch him just grow, grow. as not not as a player, but as a as a man has been. And that's that's exactly what it is with all them kids. Because, yep. I mean, you can't yell at every kid. Every no, kid's, every kid's different. You, yes. Every kid's got different motivational buttons. And some Some like it. You know, like I mean, I'm sorry to say, like the die boys, they want that. Yes. They w- they want that. They want you to get on them. Yes, they're gonna strive. And if you don't, if if you don't get it, their dad's gonna get into you because <laughs> Mike's gonna go, hey. You know, back to that. Uh, I, I forgot this funniest moment on uh, at that Barian game. We're at halftime, and I'm so mad. You know, getting into these kids at halftime. 
But there was one time I was just yelling, and Mike's right there, and I had a little bit of spit. Got it, you know, and he polite Mike. He doesn't say nothing, just kind of wipes it, puts his head down. And I'm so mad I can't even say sorry. Well, we get in the third quarter and we take that lead, right? Mike's out of breath. He's sitting there. We're in a timeout. <laughs> I'm drawing something up. He takes a drink of water and just he, he couldn't even swallow it. It came out and it hit me in the face. And I just looked up at him. I said, I deserve that. I know. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. And he just he thought he was in charge. I said, no, I deserve that. So, But it was just, there's just with that, them kids, man. They just like, they grow up like men and you can so, see it. So we win the district championship, beating Waterville, royally pissed off their athletic director who did not want us to win. Did you see the path for them, though? Oh, it was, They yeah. get to host districts. Then they get to go to Coloma. What was yeah. that, six miles from the right. gym? And then they're right there by 94, and they get to go to Portage Central. I've, I've never seen an athletic director have wear his emotions on his sleeve so much after that game. But anyway, moving on, district champs. Now we go to the regionals. Um, we go to Coloma, and uh, right on Kalamazoo Hackett, bam, right there. And we kind of knew not not. I don't want to say this with with disrespect, but I mean, in all essence, that that first game was the championship. Yes, we knew that. We went into it yeah. because I mean, the, the the other two teams that were on the other half of the bracket. I mean, you would have liked to have worked that out the other way to where you could have, you know, but the brackets. The, Brackets are the way the brackets are. You can't control that. That's you still got you got to play the games. Yeah. But for all sense and purposes, the regional championship game was on Monday night. Yeah, and that's what that uh, regional seating they're trying to do. So yeah, instead of like Waterville was ranked number what five in the state, we were number nine. We would have met in that regional title game with our seating, so it would have been a little different. That's what they're shooting for. So we'll see how it works this year. So we take care of Hackett, and then obviously just – Hackett was tough. They, they, they were. They had six seniors, and when you have seniors – Oh, it's, for sure. It's tough to win. Yep. Their, their guards were tough. They uh, battled us all game long. Um, I still think to that game, if they dis- they didn't decide to press us, they had yeah. a chance to win. But it was like a five-point game, and they wanted to get full court press us. And I said, here we go. Yeah. And it just opened it up for us. And then, obviously, we take care of business against Centerville in the regional championship, which that game was pretty much over at halftime. But, you know, on the silver lining, I mean, now we know that we win our first regional in school history, um, and every player got to play most scored, if not everybody. I think there's one that didn't. One, Yeah, but, I mean, that, that to have that in a regional championship game that you win – Awesome. Feeling. That's awesome. And so now school's history has been made. We're regional champs. Um, and so now we now 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 it's time to go play with the real big boys. Because I mean, anybody that knows this area and, and our level, you know, it's like winning regionals is, is a great feat, but it's a whole different ball game after that because now it's now now you're you're pissing in the big weeds with the tall weeds with the big dogs. Yes. And there ain't much bigger dogs in Michigan high school athletics than Pawama Westphalia. I mean, what, two years ago, three years ago, they won state and football, men's and women's basketball all in the same freaking year. Just two years ago, I believe. Yes, because then Schoolcraft got it last year. Yes. And then- so we play them up at Portage. And, oh, thank God. The, the, the geographic seating for us was phenomenal. For me, it was like, oh, my God, I'm going to a quarterfinal, and I'm still got a, I only have an hour drive. You know, normally by that time, you're getting a chartered bus or you're, you're looking at hotels. 
you gotta whatever. Thank, you got to thank uh, Water, Water Bleach AD for that. Yeah. <laughs> but we go to that quarterfinal, Pawama Westphalia. And obviously the one, you know, all eyes were on the one kid. We didn't really hear much about his brother who, oh, good man. Lord, dude, a freshman. I mean, that dude is going to be up for Mr. Basketball if he, if he stays on course. That was his only great game. I mean, the kid couldn't miss. No, he couldn't. He's, uh, but what what a game that was because it was so up and down, up and, and down, and it's just like every time that they would make a run or get it to like within one, then bam, we jump right back and get a six point lead again. I mean, and then they close it back, and they may even get a one or three point lead. Then bam, we go back on a run again. I mean, it was such a seesaw game. I mean, it was a blast to to broadcast and just a witness. Um, I thought that was probably the best game of the year. For oh, us. I w- totally agree. Totally agree. I thought it was better than the Benton Harbor game. Yes. Um, looking back on that, I mean, as soon as we won that regional, I just I, I stopped sleeping. Then I, I I couldn't sleep. Um, a lot of film. They were a scary team. They ran a lot of stuff. Number eleven, that lefty senior, unbelievable. They're two shooters, number one and number two. We kept a close eye and we didn't let them get off with their looks, but. My goodness, the point guard who didn't shoot that much, maybe shot three or four times a game. So you're not watching him. He's a freshman point guard. We're going to put pressure on him. He had 30 on us. Yeah. And just me and Augie are fighting on the bench. Like, you got to know who the shooters are. I'm like, I watched every game they had this year. That kid shoots two to three times a game. It's one and two. Well, they're not doing it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> we got to put Jameer on him. So, and that's one of the games, too. Uh, Jameer let his emotion out um, in the heat of the battle. I think his last bucket he scored, that uh, number 10, the freshman, was in transition. We gave Jameer the assignment, no more. Gets a wide-open look, and I burned the timeout, and I'm just – I'm looking at Jameer, and, you know, all of a sudden we start exchanging words just with him being a competitor me being a coach. What are you doing? And he's like – and we get to – as soon as me and him exchange at half court and we talk it out by the time we get to the bench, I sit down and I point the finger at the other three. What are you guys doing? Jeremiah's got 11. He has 10. He had to get to the basket, stop the easy bucket. Where are you? You got to help him out, too. We work together. You just don't have number two, and you just run to the corner with him. So after that timeout, we made that adjustment and kind of got on all the kids. But if it wasn't for Jameer, I mean, we wouldn't. I would have never known to get on those kids for that because I, I wasn't seeing that. I would have seen it on film because we showed it on a film. But just the relationship we have with the kids, we can, you know, in the heat of the moment, we're competitors. But then we can talk it out, you know. Most kids, like you said, when you get on them, they just shut down. They don't want to talk. They're done. They're going to the end of the bench. Like, nope, I'm done. So it's just, you know, them kids are just – you hit it earlier, grown into men, and you can see it. The One of the things I remember that I always remember about that game was um, Derek was unable to – his dad uh, was having some medical issues, so he was taking care he, – he had to be the son that day. And so he had to take care of a, a big Dan and was unable. It just totally killed him. He was texting me the whole time. He's like, "Man, I'm going nuts. I'm going nuts. Just, I can't, you know." It's like, "Man, you got you gotta you gotta take care of your dad." So that, so I asked Terry Bohr to come and do the game with me. Terry's been doing football games uh, for RC Sports Casting now for the last several years and done a phenomenal job. And nobody knows Brandywine kids more than Terry. Um, so he did the game with me and. He lost all broadcasting etiquette <laughs> at the end of that game because he stands up, you know, and here I'm about, I'm sitting there going, I'm I'm getting ready to 
make my big broadcasting announcement for the first time ever. The Brandywine Bobcats are going. To, and next thing you know, Terry just stands up. We're going to the Final Four. Just <laughs> screams it. I mean, I'm like, oh, I just sat there. I just put my hand on my, which is fine. And, you know, and, and, and when it first happened, I'm like, Terry, you know, I want to just do the grab his shoulder and sit his ass down. But it's like it was part of it. And he was so excited. I mean, that is what you could see and what now it means a lot to me because of who Terry is. And I think he let all those years just from teaching and coaching, it all came out because he was just so elated that you guys did that. And what was now what we were going to experience. That's so awesome. So we win the quarterfinal. We beat one of the Best teams. Best teams, best programs in the state of freaking Michigan. And now we're going to the Michigan State University, the house that Magic built, the Breslin Center. You know, back to that Puama game. <laughs> just one, one thing I want to say, because it just shows, like, how great our community is in our little corner. I mean, we had a lot of people from our area. Oh. But we, kids are on spring break, and I know that. And, you know, people are traveling, so you're like, man, we're going to go to this game. It's great for me for listenership. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. But, no, what I'm saying is as a coach, you're like, you know, sometimes you need that crowd to get over the edge. You know, you, just, you don't want to lose a game because there's not no energy, stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, I've never seen so many. Bobcat Nation, unreal. I mean, just alumni to parents that were there. I mean, it was just even – you hey, know, Buchanan people, I, and it was just. It and here's was awesome. the other. Here's the other thing that I remember about that game, from uh, and it had nothing to do with the what was on the floor. Terry at the end, but I also remember at the beginning of the game, I look across, and who's sitting in the stands? What? They're in attendance. One of the greatest our, Bobcats ever. Our our players, Jalen Shane. Jeff Hatch. Oh, Jeff Hatch was in the left corner. Jeff yes. Hatch don't leave his house for nothing. And if he does, he ain't driving far. <laughs> but for him to make that drive with his with That's his what wife, I mean, it was just so crazy. I'm like, holy crap! Jeff Hatch is in the house. How can we go wrong tonight? It was crazy. That's true too. That's you know. And before we get into the finals and, and the whole experience there, you, you mentioned like with Shane Brown, and I mentioned this during a couple of the broadcasts, and I know that it eats at him and Jordan Abrams and Jalen Briggs because that team that, that's another team that – and I, I, they're part of the reason of why, yes, even though they were literally, literally robbed of an opportunity from the whole COVID disaster monotony that ended their season. They, they weren't beaten – on the floor, they were beaten by politics, and that's that's that that's an, a, another podcast all in itself. But they laid the groundwork for what happened this year. But also, and and I talked to Shane. It even though he was elated for you guys, it still I mean that just because they that was a team that I think also we were going to win. We were going to win regionals. I, definitely, yes. I think that's the team that definitely would have given you your first regional championship. By f- easily. We lost the year before in regionals when they were juniors to that schoolcraft team. Yes. And Kobe Clark, he was coming back. We got a little extra piece that year, Kendall. But we still had Gabe, uh, Caleb Bird, Jacob Fox, Carson. I mean, that was really our best team mm-hmm. with depth-wise. And uh, we lost to uh, schoolcraft the year before in regionals. It was uh, 
38 to 35. We lost by three. And uh, it was 28-29 uh, tw going into the fourth quarter. You know our style. We, we 28 points is a quarter for us. It's fourth quarter. So not only did Abrams and uh, Brown, you know, they were, they were frustrated too, but we did our thing, played defense. We can play the slow game. We can do that. But that whole year we focused on what we were going to do with Schoolcraft. I've never done that in my entire coaching career. Everything we did was for that Schoolcraft team. I knew we could get by in our area. Everything, everything we worked on that whole year was we weren't gonna we weren't gonna trap Kobe. We couldn't. He was too good. And that's what killed us the year before with the easy bucket. So we were going with a different game plan for him. What we were gonna do, we worked on it a lot. I really felt confident in our first regional game against them, which is gonna be the championship game, because we had Cass in the district that night. But I mean, all season long we prepared on it. Kept getting on him over and over about that stuff. Shane finally comes out of his psyche with uh, the zone. I said, why don't you just drive and dunk, you know, dunk over someone, you know. So you don't have to be open, to, you know, all by yourself against the zone. They want you to shoot. You're quick, tech. Water Vliet game, before we play casts, he had, what, six, eight dunks? And he's like, you're right. I can't. I'm like, I know you can. So he's finally starting to believe this. And like you said, it shut us down. But that was the only year I prepared for a team, and I knew we were going to beat Schoolcraft that year. But, yeah, I mean, I so I, I, I wanted to make sure that, that we talked about those kids because – they're, even though they weren't on the floor for you guys this year, they, they still had a little, you know, if there, if there were rings issued out, I think them, them kids get deserve a ring. It's all family. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a family. I tell the kids over and over, you're welcome back anytime, man. You know, and they've been, them, speaking of those guys, you know, getting off basketball this past year in football when we played Benton Harbor, um, we obviously needed to assimilate some speed in practice. And as the dwindling as our numbers were in football, I mean, we didn't – not only did we not have speed, we just didn't have bodies. So I got a hold of Shane and I got a hold of Abrams and Briggs. I said, can you guys – and then we even used Jeremiah and Jameer. I said, can you guys come to our practice? And Gabe, you guys – I yeah. said, yeah, and Gabe was our quarterback. I said, no helmet. It's be no con. It's just going to be pure seven-on-seven, seven, no contact. I just want our DBs to – See speed. To, I wanted simulated speed for our defensive backs, and you know to see them come back to help out with that. They they any time we ever asked them to do, they were all in. They, they were anything, all right? in. But the funniest thing was the first day, Shane. He's get, he he was a little out of shape. He was <laughs> so he and and he'll deny it till the day he dies because he won't give me the satisfaction. But he. I guarantee you he was fighting so hard to not throw up. He wanted to, but I knew deep down he's like, I am not throwing up in front of these people or in front of these coaches. But I know he wanted to, and I knew he was fighting. It took everything he had in him to not throw up that day because just out of, you know, he was in college yes. shape now, you know. So, but that's that. Um, so now let, let's let's talk about the finals um, as, as we go, and, and we're – we're getting ready to play Traverse City, St. Francis, but I think the one question that I wanted to ask, I have never really had a chance. I don't, even, I don't even know if this got to happen, but I remember talking about it. Did you guys have, you know, when you get to the Final Four, did you guys as a team, coaches and players, were, were you able to walk out onto the floor where there's, there's nobody there, it's just you on the Breslin floor? Kind of like the Hoosiers moment. No, we didn't. You didn't get no time to yourself there at practice okay. time. But uh, because I really thought that man, I, uh, I know you guys went up the night before, and yes. I'm thinking, if I could watch anything, I would love to just be able to sit in a seat and watch your kids. If you had that opportunity 
to where it was just the Brandywine basketball program or the only freaking people in the building, and you got to walk out onto that floor and just take it in. We got to walk into the stands and watch it, and their their eyes are memorized and stuff. You know, they're just like, wow, we're here, you know, and uh, we get ready for the game. Tiny locker room. The kids are like, this is it. <laughs> you know, like, they're not going to let you go into, you know, their not, locker room right now. It's, they got a bunch you're of You're not getting Izzo's office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, so we're walking out, and uh, we get to take the floor for our pitcher, and then we get to warm up. As you come through the tunnel, and they got their gear on. It's, it was a treat for me, too. I'm not going to lie. It's always been a dream. But uh, I knew it was to look back at the kids, how important it was. And they just get to that tunnel before they hit the floor, and you can just see their eyes. They're like, whoa. Yeah. And then when they took off, it was just like, you know, they're going to they're gonna remember that the rest of their life. Absolutely. You know? So it was pretty awesome. And so when we talk about the game, I mean, normally when school – I've been this, – this was my 22nd year broadcasting high school sports this, this school year. And so I've, I've had the pleasure of getting to that level um, to broadcast several games, whether it was Buchanan boys back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, um, obviously with, with Coach Hood a cup twice, um, Niles – Made it with Brawley, yep. And then even the year after that, Denny Park's first year, they got one. They were in the semifinals at Grand Valley. So, but where I'm getting at is that normally then it's it's always for the most part it's always been once we get to that level it's like we're just here for we you almost have that we're just here for a participation trophy because like we have you know that there's probably no shot and that that these teams are going to prove to us that we don't belong here. That is so not the case this time because, like I said, not only did the Brandywine men's basketball program prove that they belonged and that they proved that they were one of the four best teams in the state in that division. You play that team ten times, I think we win at least six. Yeah, it was uh... – And it's funny, too, because I remember saying it towards the end of the game when we knew the game was in hand and then you said it in the press conference is that, you know, to some parts we did not play our game, but to Traverse city's credit, you got to give some of them their give them some credit for making us not have that game. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought both teams played great defense. They did. Um, I'm going to be biased. I, I went back. I've, I've watched the film twice just to break it down and see things. But, uh, I thought we did a better job on them defensively. They got some easy buckets with their height. But we we, we kind of destroyed them, got what we wanted. We just didn't finish. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like – but the sad part was they got two or three attempts. We're one and done. And, and it's, But it, going back to what I said, it's so hard for a school like us because it's not we're, – we're not – we're not Pawama Westphalia or Flint Beecher or Detroit Country Day. We're not used to coming here every single year. Yes, and playing you at know, that level and so you just get that for the most part it's it's when I said that a lot of you know, retracting what I said is no disrespect to the teams that I've watched beforehand that they, we weren't talented enough. It's just like 
the kids are so you're so starstruck. Yes, you're you're in such a and you you just can't get over it. The the nerves in your stomach, you just it's not a nor it's not your it's not the a normal game for you. Mm-mm. And it's so hard, especially when you again going back. These are fourteen to seventeen year old kids, and but this team overcame that. They did. They, they overcame that, and they played with the freaking best teams in the state, and. And you know as well as I do that if we would have won that game and got to the state championship against Flint Beecher, we would have. Com- I'm not saying we would have won, but we would yes. have competed with him. Benton yes. Harbor beat Flint Beecher. Yes, that's more our style. Yeah. So um, I mean, that and that's what we were all saying. We're like, hey, Benton Harbor beat Beecher. So if we win this, we got a shot. And so to have that, just kind of that inner confidence. Yeah, it was. Uh, we- that was the biggest thing that I. For me, as not not a broadcaster, but just as a as a Brandywine supporter and and watching athletic, that's what really meant the most to me is that we proved that we belonged there. Yeah, definitely. We definitely. I mean, that's the kids too. I mean, any coach will say it. I mean, you look at us. We don't have nobody over six foot. No. Mike's hair when it stood up. He's, he's six one. <laughs> not now. Yeah, not now. <laughs> he's but back I mean, down to five nine. Yeah, and we just. <laughs> We play with so much heart and intensity, and we play defense that, and they box out the fundamentals. We just do the little things we can do, and I let them get up and run. You know, they 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 like to go create things and go and just play chaotic up and down. And their quickness pays off because you don't have the height, but just their heart alone. If we went against six six seven six eight six nine and a six four and say a six two team. We're going to compete with them just because it's our kids' heart. You know, they're going to find ways. They just – there's something they're, – they're really – I don't even like saying the word special. They are just amazing. They, they yeah. won't back down. They find ways. They work. Um, it's just – And by the way, you really – I mean, no disrespect to our other seniors, but, I mean, Michael's your only one that you're from – from a playing time standpoint um, that you're losing. But that's a big loss. It because, is. yes, even though – We've said it numerous times. Michael's not your twenty to thirty point a game, but he is. He was the heart and soul of that team. He was. He was the floor general. So I mean, you. He has all. He brings. I mean, all the intangibles that you know, and and that that Brock Die has, and that hopefully next year Connor Die coming off injury, you know, will you will have to your disposal. Um, but I mean, let let let's hey. Let's do this again, Coach. You know the sad part because, is. But go back. Let, let's go back to the old 80s Rocky mentality. It's it's harder to stay on top than it is to get there. So yes. now next year, there ain't going to be get one the of the target. biggest bullseyes in high school basketball is going to be on the Brandywine Bobcats next year. And I'm an idiot. We're going to Detroit over Christmas, playing in the Motor City Classic. I'm trying to get – Beecher and that. We're going to the one at Portage Central. We're trying, and I, we're in that one. I'm just trying to get the Lansing Everett team. You're um, not you're not an idiot. I, we want to play up. I Absolutely. Mean, yes, and uh, we got we just got with uh, Jackson Lumen and Christie, which, I mean, they they get, you know, kids in there, good area. They can play something other than football? They do, and they're pretty good. Oh, they, okay. got beat, I, they got beat by Puama, um, and they gave them a game. So we play them at Western, so we're going to get in a – it's just things we're doing just to try to get better. You know, I mean, 
I want kids to get pushed, but I also want them to get recognized. But, like, too, like, as soon as our season was over, that Thursday, spring break, we come to school Monday, and I had to get in the gym with them. And that was painful, but th- they wanted to. They want, we want to start working out. We want to start shooting. We want to, you know, start lifting. We want to, you know, they know what's at stake. You know, I mean, it's been Nyland, Robert, Byron. They've been there, like, every day. Jameer, Jeremiah, baseball, they got travel basketball going on. When they get a chance, they're going in there. I mean, it's just these kids want it. Hey, I'm I'm a football coach. I live and breathe football. I love Coach Kinsey. I love what he's doing, the ex- the intensity, the excitement he's bringing to our program. And I know he's even got shirts made about football school. But Brandywine is a basketball school. Yeah. When you look at what you and Josh have created – in both men's and women's basketball at Brandywine. Your records, your accomplishments speak for themselves. And I can only, pr- I mean, you know, and, and that's, and, and I say that it's a, it's a basketball school because, you know, I remember a couple years ago we were playing a seven-on-seven at Lakeshore, and we were playing actually against Edwardsburg. And Edwardsburg had like freaking 30 kids come out for a seven-on-seven game. And I, and I forget who the player was, but they say, hey, Coach, how come we don't have – how come they got so many players and we don't? And I'm like, well and, – and I could be wrong. I said, but here's here's how it is. I said, Brandywine is – I said, if if – let's just say for the sake of argument, Brandywine and Edwardsburg both have 40 kids on their team. And you come out and you address your team and say, guys, the MHSA just came out with the new rule – you are only allowed to play one sport. You've got to choose. How many of you are going to choose football? And at Brandywine, out of 40 kids, I'm going to say less than 10 are going to raise their hand To versus you ask the same question to the 40 kids at Edwardsburg, 35, 35 kids are raising their hand. And it's no, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's like you can't control who you fall in love with. Kids just want to play basketball, and there's some kids that are baseball. I mean, there's just more commitment to basketball and baseball that th- with this era of kids that are coming through these hallways for, these, for a lot of years now. And what happens is, is that when, so say when basketball is your sport, let, let's just let's just bring the Palmers out, for example. And if they and let, even though they don't play football, let's say they did, you're not going to get them until August. You're getting them during football season, and that's it. You're not going to get them in the weight room. You're not going to get them in the summertime for you know weightlifting and seven on sevens because they're focusing their off time on the sport that they love the most and. Rightfully so. I mean, especially if they if that's where they want to play at at the next level. So that that's just where where it's at. And again, it all falls back. It's it's still at the end of the day, it's a credit to you and Josh Hood for the programs that you have created and and what you filtrated down into your feeder system. Yeah, that's you know? huge because we haven't had rocket football. In no, long. and and I'm actually I'm actually going to reach out to Kinsey. We're, Hopefully, I'm going to have him in, in that seat tomorrow night. We're going to do a podcast of about Brandywine football, and, and credit to him and to Sean Mott and to Jeff right. Mott, who are now trying to revitalize that 
and get because that's that's essential because if you don't get that then it's just it it spells doom down the road we we've got some we got some talent in the in the we got some ammunition in the chamber right now but the ammunition <laughs> we're we're running out of bullets yes you know if if that makes sense if, to use that I, analogy but i think brainwine's always had some studs in football oh they always have i mean we yes. just have never had that dominant line yep. i mean unbelievable freak athletes you get two linemen here but there. you just don't have brandy one is just unfortunately we don't and again this is to no fault of anybody it's yeah. just we don't have the number of kids that football is their main sport to where they are concentrating on football 365 days a year like like right now, like the Paul, to bring back the Palmer twins, there are probably not very many days in a 365 day calendar that they're not they don't have a basketball in their hand or at least even thinking about it or watching it. Am I right? You're right. I get calls on Sunday. See, <laughs> it's like ah, and to where we only have a very handful of kids from the football stand. Like I, again, once August hits and two a day start, you're going to have the kids there to play football, mm-hmm. but it's just you're not going to have. We just don't the preseason stuff work out. Yes, yeah. and and that's to no fault of anybody. It, it really isn't. It's to no fault of anybody's because it, it it is what it is. So, okay, I'm over with that. No, it's you're right. You're 100 percent right. Cause, I mean, there's there'll be what I bet you 40, 50 kids out there when you get to August. Well, that'd be nice. I mean, it, each year the numbers have dwindled. What was it that last? But year? But I think. I don't think it's a Brandywine thing. I think that's a football. Yeah, that's all in general. That's not – yeah, the the, fo- the, the dwindling numbers in football is not – this is not a Brandywine issue. This is this is just state, countrywide. I mean, the – Football started going down about five, six years ago, yeah. right, when that movie came out, the CT stuff. That, yeah. I mean, but there's just so many other things to do also, you know, and, and just kids are different, you know. But Kenzie's doing a great job. He really is. And, you know, he's doing all the right things. Uh, like, like I said, I don't want this to – by no means do I want to have this as a negative. No, it's not negative. Oh, I, I know. Say, yeah. But I, I didn't – you know, like Kenzie's not doing a good job or Brandywine football's in, dis, in disarray. Totally not the case. It's just – And really – I went back to yeah. – I just remember that conversation when that one player asked me. I think it was Blake Krieger. I, and now Krieger. going back, it was Blake Krieger going, Coach. How come they got so many? How might how come they got so many more players than we do? Well, this is why. And really, too, like like you said with Kenzie, he is doing a good job. He's got energy. He oh, that, he gets that energy, going. dude. I, you know, and I don't know where you get it from because you know you you and I are a lot older than well, we're 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 we got Kenzie by a few years to where now we're starting to. I don't know how you do it, dude. Because like I said, I I remember I made that fate that post about you. And and this blows me away to where I know how I am now in my life. It's like, man, I need a break, you know, like from coaching football. I mean, it's like it's really the only break you get is like that month of December because then as soon as January hits, you got to get – so now you're in the school three nights a week lifting weights and then June hits and then you're doing seven on sevens and then it turns into about four to maybe five days a week. And then once August hits, it's seven days a week till November first, and it's just yes. like and and it's you know you you reach burnout or you can reach burnout so fast, and yet here like and I just remember you know from coaching football we'd be in the in the heart of two a days, and you got open gyms going and I'm like dude and 
That's Come my on. outlet, I think. I know, but it's like, man, Nate, take take a break, <laughs> brother. Go take a <laughs> go fishing. Go. I would love to go do, that. do something. <laughs> go get it. You got to get away for your own mindset, your own health. The and Kinsey's the same way. Kinsey went right from football. You brought him on as your freshman basketball coach, and now he's coaching middle school track. It's like, oh my god! I mean, I'm exhausted just watching his Facebook posts and all. I mean, he's never home, and I don't know how he can do it. And not to mention, he's also a husband and a dad. You know, it's one thing maybe if you're single and you got no life and you got nothing else to do, but I don't know how some of you guys do it, man. I, I guess it's just my 50 year old age coming out in me to where I'm starting to slow my roll. I don't um, know. It's something special. It is, and. But it's so hard to let go. I mean, it is, and I feel like I'm the Brett Favre of Brandywine coaching. <laughs> I keep saying I'm done, and then I keep thinking about thinking about coming back, coming back, and it's like. But then I, I, I man, I, I just want to, I just want to show up. I just want to show up on Friday nights now. Is is where my mentality is. So I think the best way to do that is to broadcast. And you're like me. If you can change one kid's life, oh, absolutely. That's, that's what we do it for. And, and that's and that's exactly why. I didn't, you know, obviously I started coaching with, with my son, but I didn't, I didn't coach to coach my son. I, if I can hit, go back in time, I would, and do everything all over again. I would want to be a, a, I've told my kids this, I would, I would go back to college, get my teaching degree. I'd want to be a U.S. history teacher in high school and be a football coach. You know, that, that's exactly, if I could script out my, go back and script my life out how I'd want it, that's exactly what I do. And, and that's why it's because I, I want to, have impact on kids as, as, as we all do. And cause if you're, if you don't, you have no business coaching. It's more than X's and O's and wins and losses. That's truth. Cause I, I went through a lot of losses my first 10 years. Yeah, that's for sure. But it was never discouraging. Cause I, I love the school. That's my heart and soul. It was just trying to get over that hump. And it, yeah. just, it took forever. Before we wrap up after everything has happened, the community outreach, that's been to you guys. Amazing. I mean, I remember about two weeks after Mark Gotze from Joey Armadillo's got a hold of yes. me. He goes, Hey, do you, do you have coach Knapp's number? I want to invite, <laughs> I want to invite the team down for bowling and pizza. I mean, that just shows you what great of a it guy was, Mark Gotze is. And you, and, and you guys hooked up and you did, I saw yes. that on Facebook and I'd ma- I, I was smiling ear to ear when I saw that. Kids had a blast. Uh, actually us being there. I just told the kids, I said, we need to do this during the year. Yeah. Just come with our team dinners. Because we'll go, like, uh, Front Street, sit and eat pizza. But the kids had a blast bowling. I was like, yeah. it's something we should have been doing that we didn't even think about. Mm-hmm. It's facility. And so, Mark would so facilitate whatever you would need or want. Mark Mark is one of the best human beings on this planet. A lot of, a lot of people in the community. Unreal. Um, we're going to Jay's this uh, Sunday. Uh, they want to get dinner. Uh, anonymous. uh person bought us took the team out to uh, create bar and grill i didn't get to go to that one which uh, i was in pittsburgh with ellie with the travel ball but the rest of the team was there and enjoyed it but uh just the kids they they really couldn't believe it they're like what are they doing this for just show you the appreciation you know and i don't think the kids really know what how what they've meant to this community yes yeah, so the, what they've brought to them and what they did and they're just like whoa you know and i mean like, we're coming home from districts, and uh, they're all excited because we're going to get, you know, I can't even think of it with cop cars, uh, escort home, the mm-hmm. escort. Well, by the time we get to 12, it was an accident down the road, so they all had to leave, and it's like, you know, there's our district title. So the kids didn't get the escort. But as a coach, we've been there. I'm like, man, you know, hey, it's, you know, don't worry about it. It's all good. 
never do you think, hey, we're going to, you know, we're trying to win regionals, but hey, you'll get it in regionals, don't worry. You say that, and they end up getting it in regionals, and they just thought it was the neatest thing ever. And it's so amazing. It was just an amazing ride. Uh, it was fun for the kids. You've seen them come closer, too. As a fa- I mean, we were pretty close. There was nothing that divided us, nothing that split us. There was no arguing. There might have been a few practices where it got chippy because, you know. Yeah, I mean, you want hard. that, though. Yes, you, you do. You want that. You do. But nothing to divide us. I mean, it was the no. chippiness getting no, better. Oh, absolutely. But just the, oh, man, it was just that, That's another thing. I mean, I hate going back to football, but this is one of my few, you know, from a coaching standpoint, that's all I've really done. And, and there's so many times where we've tried to tell our players, like, look, when you come across, when you come out on this field, you're not friends. You want, like, when we go in tackling drills, you want to pick out your best friend and you want to clean his clock more than anybody. You're, you're not friends out here. You'll be friends when you're over with. It's, it's yes. just like brothers. You know, if, if you've got a blood brother that you live with, nobody's going to fight more than you two at home when you're True. at home. in the. I mean, you of all people know that with three boys. Yes. <laughs> I mean, but you go outside that home, if one of them gets messed with, who's going to be the ones that's going to have your back? Your brothers. Exactly. Your yes. And that's, that was their mentality this whole year. It was crazy. I mean, there's times at practice, Jameer and Jeremiah, you know that they're sick of each other at home. I mean, they, it gets to the court where they're at each other because they're guarding each other. And yeah. But it's just, I don't know, Robert Nyland. I mean, it was just – and what was funny, after every practice, no matter what happened, good or bad, especially when we had bad ones and they were at each other, they all walked off the court together. And they just – it was like, okay, exactly what you said. On this field, we're going to – and on the court, we, we're back-to-back. We fight with each yep. other and then best friends. And by the way – through all this conversation for the last hour and 17 minutes, Holy cow. we have forgot to address one other thing for you. You also not only did the whole magical run that we just talked about, you earned your 200th victory as a coach, and it could not have come against a better opponent as you got it against Buchanan. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you. Um, that I, I don't keep track of that stuff. I mean, I told the kids that. I said this is from day one, you know. Yeah. My very first team, you know, I mean, I, I've had some four and 17 years, some, you know, six and 14s that th- them hurt, but just, I don't know. I, th- I think there for a while I had 150 losses and maybe like 65 wins. They didn't get rid of me. Uh, it was talked about getting rid of me, but I was just, you know, I remember the advance came to me and he said, Hey, uh, I want to make, you know, I got to go for a meeting. Can, can you give me any info? You know, just to let me know about, you know, thinking about going a different direction it's not working of course that year was the year Hartman blew his knee out which you know we lost we went four and 17 we lost uh out of them 17 we lost 15 of them by three points or less <clears throat> he averaged a double double so it was just that was I thought the year to get us over the hump we didn't get it a disaster and just that was the year Vance came to me and I said I just told Vance the truth I said my heart's in it I'm not discouraged I said I'm I'm close who knows? I didn't think the next year was going to be it because, you know, with losing that senior class, Shelton, Orkson, Gleason, Klein, Gordon, you know, you had Augie and Duckett and them, and then Schmidt. But you didn't think that we were going to have our first winning season that following year. And you're like, ah, we lost a lot, but, you know, we'll see. And sure as heck, the kids turned around, and that was the first winning season, and it just skyrocketed from that year. What's been more enjoyable from a dad coaching your boys as players or now all of you coaching together? 
I know it's two kind of separate animals, yeah. but I mean, I think coaching them was hard. It really was yeah. because I was always harder on them because you didn't want to show favoritism. Absolutely. But I held them more accountable than all the other ones too, kids. And to where know. now you're all kind of at the same same level, and I think they came back. And now they're all men. They're all yeah. they're all grown men now. They're not yes. kids. And I think they appreciated my coaching style. They right. might not have liked it how it was to them, but they were mature enough and men enough to say that's why we get it. And they like being that coach, and they like just being in the gym, which is what I did. So. I think it's a lot funner coaching with them. I mean, I wish I could have done it different coaching them as players, but just in oh, a yeah. tough time, you can't because, I mean, just the way kids are nowadays. And and like I told the kids, you know, I says, I get on my kids, you have no idea. Our car rides home are oh. awful, awful on bad games. But there's times, too, that why was I pushing my kids like that, you know? And it's just oh, you yeah. look back, so – it was definitely tougher to coach them, but I love coaching with them. With them. Because they, they know how I think. They see things. Yeah. They reflect on it. They, you know. I mean, I, you've seen the one. I think oh, you shied away. I'm getting – I got the technical. Jeremiah got the technical instrument at home, and I'm going after the official because that's a point of emphasis. And Sea Dog takes o- takes the huddle yeah. over. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, 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 elbowing, I'm elbowing Derek. I'm like, look. Look at Sea Dog. Look what he's doing. And that's just his comfort zone. And he was that point guard for them, and he was a leader for them. And – that's one of the things the kids this year said is, like, you know, we're not going to let you down two years in a row. And I'm like, ah, it's not that. It was, but that was their talk to Carson to get, you know, it was tough. Uh, it was just, yeah. a, you know, for Carson, the kids, they were just really close, and it was just you seen it. It was like, I don't know, it was like a big family, and they're like, we're not going to let it happen again. And so he felt comfortable being with them. They, I don't know, they're just they're tight-knit, man. They you, just, got, you got one more year as being basketball dad. One more. One more year with watching a kid play. Oh, Ellie, yes. And I tell you what. She's got. You, you tell her, you bottle up that district championship performance against Buchanan, even though we lost. She bottles that up and bring and kicks off with that, man. She played her ass off in that game. She did. She just quit travel ball. Um, we're worried about her knee. Not that she, I mean, she could play. We just. She didn't get to play volleyball. She didn't get to play tennis. She loves tennis, volleyball. Um, the side to side was hurting her for yeah. tennis this year. So just shutting her down. So and then we get to uh, travel ball, and I mean I, I don't want to knock travel ball, but I mean I'm a coach. Yeah. The money you dump into it, you pull away from your family. Yeah. And not only the money you cost for your thing, then the stay at the hotel, the parking, admission. If these parents really want their kids to go to school. The wings, they, et cetera, the BW3 bills. Yes, yes. Save that money. Don't go out. Go do something in the yard. Save all that money you would spend, yeah. and you could pay for their college. You really yeah. could. But it's all, you know, and these kids chase this dream that everybody wants to go play D1 basketball. Everyone does. And then they go through the grind, and then it's just tough. And, yep. I mean, I see it. I love travel ball because me as a coach are playing. But then just the things that they're taught at that AAU yeah. circuit, there's no defense. It's it's kind of like the NBA. And at the Run same time, too, no matter what sport it is, at this level, kids, man, I, I remember last year I helped coach middle school girls softball. And when the season was over, I knew a lot of them girls played the travel ball, and I knew they were in for a grueling summer. I'm like, I said, I go, some of your parents might be upset with me for saying this. I said, but 
do me a favor, at least take two weeks out of the summer off and be a kid. You know, whether it's go to a lake, go, go swimming, water skiing, go camping, go fishing, go tubing. Get away from the game for at least a week twice and just be a kid. Be a, be a teenage kid and have fun. Get the rec leagues going again. Just play them one month and be done instead of all summer. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It, <clears throat> it's sad to see. It is. And I'm not complaining because I know there's kids that that's all they want to do. And, but it's like. It's not for everyone. Everyone's trying to keep up with them, and for what? How, what's life's, the, too, life's too fast. You got your family. So what's the schedule? What, what's the influx? I mean, how many – have you already got a, a, an influx of players for off-season stuff? I mean, what, yes. what's our schedule? Uh, we're working I'm, As day. far as off-season, I mean, what are you looking at? Like, what are, what are the kids doing now? Getting, I mean, because I know, we took especially the, now after what's happened, yes. it just drives home. So, I mean, yes. it's, it's not going to stop. Our top five have been on a program, uh, Utah runs. It started in May 1st. It was the first day. It ends the second week in August. It's got everything in it. Uh, lifting certain weeks, one through six. Um, flexibility, uh, running, conditioning, drill work, you know, line cones, just, you know, agility stuff, uh, core stuff. It's just unreal. And, I'm, and the kids, the first time they did it, they got in the gym, worked out for 25 minutes, and they went and started playing ball. I said, no, it's not. What you, are you committed to this or not? Well, yeah, we are. Well, did you do your 35 minutes of running? Yeah, we just went, no, no, running nonstop, 35 minutes. You know, it's just things like that. So then they're like, oh, well, we didn't do this. Did I'm like, well, you're taking shortcuts. I said, do you want to do this or not? So if you need me to, if you need somebody to run for 35 minutes, you'll be the guy to show yep, them. Yeah, <laughs> they can come run with me. I got you. You'd be picking me up halfway back there. <laughs> Nate, thank you so much. Once again, congratulations on an historic run that I hope and pray that is the beginning. You know, this wasn't the fairy tale ending. This could be the beginning of the next mi- the next phase of Brandywine basketball, which is years of as we said as I said earlier, you know, normally we're not used to being here. Yes. These teams Let's get used to being here. Like Beecher, seven yes, out of eight. Yes, let, let's, let's get used to being here with that experience. We've got a lot of good kids coming up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's going to be fun. And I know you got some junior high kids coming up too. Yes. I mean, it's – and, again, that's all credit to the feeder system that you guys have done, man. You and you and Josh have done an amazing job to, to come in and see all these elementary kids playing basketball in the winters. It's mind-blowing. So, and that's that's all credit to you and Josh for what you guys have done. So, congrats. Let's stay in touch. Definitely. Thank you, sir. And uh, if I don't see you sooner, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you down at Selge Field come football season. Definitely. Are you going to be on the sideline, Coach? I don't know yet. You don't know? I'm going to be there one way or the other. I'm, I'm probably leaning towards this probably headset. This this type of headset's going to be on me. I haven't told Kenzie another. 100%, but I don't think I can. Yeah. Kind of worked on me a little bit, but. Yep. I just got to stay fresh, basketball, and I don't know. I love football, though. You know that. Oh, yeah. I love Bobcat football. I love yep. being there. I just don't want to take lot, away from lot of great, A lot of great things are coming for Brandywine football, too. And uh, we're actually – our next podcast will be with head coach Justin Kinsey, and we'll be talking about uh, next year's team along with what's coming up with the Pop Warner League kicking off. But uh, it's been awesome talking Brandywine basketball, even though it's May. Um <laughs> but well overdue, but uh, so well worth 
sitting here talking to you, my friend. Congrats. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. It was an amazing ride, man. Nate Knapp, the head basketball coach of Brandywine Basketball. You have been listening to RC Sportscasting Podcast. Once again, don't forget, if you have not, uh, not too familiar with us, find us on Facebook at RC Sportscasting, and make sure um, you follow us on all of the podcast um, networks out there and give us the highest star rating to help us get the word out for these podcasts, not broadcasting on rcsportscasting.com. Those are for the games themselves. This is podcasting, a whole different ball game that we're trying to um, incorporate. I'm going to get RC3s back living at home now, so we're going to get him incorporated with these, uh, try to do some weekly podcasts and get him involved. Or we, we, we can talk anything. We don't have to talk just about Brandywine Sports. We can talk NFL, college. We'll talk about everything. So we've got a lot in store for you guys coming up. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.